You're listening to the Thought Leaders Business Lab, episode 59, and today we're talking about how to price your coaching programs, so stay tuned. I'm Samantha Riley, and after being in business for 20 years, I took the leap of faith from a traditional bricks and mortar business into the online world and created a business based around my expertise. Now I have a life that gives me the freedom to work wherever I have an internet connection. I'm now obsessed with helping the unheard experts who are brilliant at what they do but feel like the world's best kept secret transform to influential thought leaders, all while creating a business which gives them the freedom to create their life by design. Join me as we explore the strategies that you can implement to create and grow a business based on your expertise. Welcome to the Thought Leaders Business Lab. Hello and welcome back to another Thursday episode of the Thought Leaders Business Lab podcast. Uh, I'm Tim Hyde, uh, your Thursday co-host, and I'm here as always with the delightful Samantha Riley. Hello, Samantha. Oh, delightful. You always, I love when you do the intros, Tim. It always makes me feel so good. Yeah. <laughs> and this is Tim. <laughs> <laughs> okay, note to self, I really need to introduce, I always say that awesome or actually, you know what, I'm going to have to go back and listen. I don't know how I intro you. <laughs> I'm going to have to uh, go through this thesaurus for, you know, um, really amazing adjectives. <laughs> <laughs> oh, great to be well, here for another Thursday episode, Tim. I'm right. so excited um, about today's topic. An episode coming up today. I think that one probably that everybody should listen to, and of course, is how to price yourself. It can be very icky and uncomfortable to price your services. My background is I had a retail store at the same time. I had a service-based business and Pricing our products was so easy and a walk in the park compared to pricing services. I always struggled with this one a little bit more. Yeah, absolutely. And it's not an easy thing to do. But before we get into that, we have to ask Sam and Tim a question coming during the week. And this one was from Louise Bedford at tradinggame.com.au. Big shout out to Louise, amazing lady. Absolutely. Brilliant at what she does. Yes. Now, she asked an interesting question, I thought, given questions of recent episodes about your genius zone. And she asked, how transparent is your own genius zone to yourself? How do you uncover it if it's not? I think this is such a good question because I think that we, we know what we're good at. We know what we're great at. And sometimes it's that little piece that actually really helps us uncover that, you know, the pinnacle, you talk about the triangle of the the genius zone and competent and incompetent, you know, the top of that triangle, that genius zone piece often is the piece that we find hardest to uncover. And it's almost, I'm not going to say impossible, but it's extremely difficult to find this yourself. And it normally takes someone else to be like the x-ray to get in there and to ask the right questions to uncover it for you. Well, my nickname from a lot of my clients is x-ray. I am like an x-ray. I can see things that other people can't. I'm proud of that, by the way. You three people. <laughs> but what did you just say? <laughs> no, look, it's an important skill. And that's why, that's why I think it's so valuable to get, um, you know, someone to work with you, whether it's a consultant or a business coach or something to, who can step back with a little bit of perspective and say, okay, look, 
of all the things that you can do, the thing that you should be focusing on is this thing. Mm. Because you know, sometimes we're too close to it, we get a little bit clouded as to thing, and we get coloured by the things that we potentially love doing, mm-hmm. but doesn't necessarily drive our business forward. And that's yes. okay as long as we're prepared to let those other things go and let someone else do it for us. Totally. But having that perspective, you know, Pythagoras had a thing, right? You know, have a little perspective. Yes. <laughs> it looks like a point. Um, you know, you can actually see that there's some difference, you know, and that's why having a, a coach or consultant is really valuable. Mm. You know, saying, hey, but, you know, I think you're a genius service here. Yes. And what I was going to say is even though I'm very, very good at helping other people find their genius zone, I'm still no good at finding my own. And I still employ people and mentors and surround myself by amazing people that ask me those questions to help me uncover it. And, that, and that's where I was, I was heading with that, that I'm amazing at doing it for others and still can't do it for myself. So if you're struggling with this, don't beat yourself up like I used to. It's just part of it. It's, it's much easier to have a different perspective. Oh, look, I think the same. I'm much better at doing other people's marketing than I'm doing. <laughs> the plumber with the leaky tap. <laughs> Absolutely. So let's get into today's episode, of course, um, how to price yourself. And I've only got a couple of points you want to sort of talk to people about today. Yes. What's the first of those? I think the first thing you need to do is when you're looking at pricing your services, the first thing you've got to look at is are you good at what you do? You don't need to be brilliant. You don't need to be exceptional but you also don't want to be really bad at it yet either. So, you know, do you have basic skills? Are you good at what you do? That's a really good starting point. That means that you can charge for your services. You know, if you're starting out, maybe you want to get a few outcomes under your belt first, maybe do a, you know, a free, a few free sessions or whatever it is, some, some extra training. But once you are good at what you do, that's the basis for, for really charging. Now, I think we're specifically talking about service-based products. We're talking about service-based businesses, yeah. If you've got products, of course, we're going to price very differently. It's going to be, you know, cost of, cost of product plus cost of delivery plus plus. It's a whole nother topic and I, yeah. We're specifically talking about selling not open for knowledge-based professionals, which many of us are in this coach-consultant sort of space um, and what that, you know, how to price that value. So that's, I think that's a really interesting point. You know, you've got to get good at what we do. Yes. But, you know, on the other end of the scale, a lot of us get caught up in or a lot of people get caught up in, I'm not exceptional yet. Uh, we don't need to be exceptional. We don't need to be the best, but we do need to have that, that uh, you know, that starting point and, and be able to offer an outcome. I think that's what it comes down to. We need to be able to offer an outcome. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. What's the second one? All right. The second one is, and this is, this is the key piece, I feel. This is really the nuts and bolts of how you price it. You need to know the value that your prospect won't have by not working with you. So that's an interesting shift in perspective. Yeah, so this isn't about us and what we think we're worth. What is the prospect losing out by not working with us? If we're working with someone and we can help them achieve shift in their business that will bring them, you know, $100,000 in you know, in a few weeks, then that is a specific outcome that we know that we can help them achieve. We know that the outcome is valued at $100,000. I mean, that does get a little bit harder if, with health services, but, you know, for a personal trainer, if you've got someone that's come to you that wants to lose weight, what's the value of that person losing weight if 
their marriage, if they're not feeling really great in their marriage, if they're feeling uncomfortable about, you know, being intimate, what's that actually really worth? And that's where we really need to understand the value that people won't have by not working with us. Yeah. I'm reminded of a, I guess it's a parable um, I heard several years ago in project management about, you know, a building company that was building as, you know, extra lanes between Sydney and Newcastle and lots and lots of penalties attached to... Uh, by not getting it finished. By not getting it finished, right? For this, this mad rush of people who are going to be exiting Sydney on New Year's, you know, on Christmas Eve or on New Year's Eve to sort of, you know, travel up and down the central coast. And night of the final night they've got you know a short stretch to go but of course all the roads completely closed down and the generator goes out and they go oh, God, what are we going to do and um you know sure enough they get on the phone and they look around and say okay look, there's an engineer just on the farm next to where we are let's get him down and and, and fix it and the guy comes down and says and walks around the generator once and then, then a second time and sort of you know strokes his chin and in, in this pondering motion and then turns to the, one of the foremen and says you know do you have a hammer and of course you know grabs the hammer, bangs the generator on the side of it and lights all start up and they manage to finish the job. And, of course, a few days later when the, you know, the project manager and, and financial controller are looking at the, all the invoices that have come in for the job and there's this one invoice for a million dollars from this engineer. And he's like, well, you're only there for five minutes. What's, what's the go? Um, questions that, and, of course, the, you know, can you please send me an itemised invoice? And, of course, the engineer sends an itemised invoice back. It says, um, right, Hitting generator with hammer, five dollars. Uh huh. Knowing where to hit the generator, <laughs> Exactly. So unless we, you know, and and we all have this in our business, the, the things that we can do for a customer, they don't know how to do the stuff that we do. Correct. So that little application of force at the right particular moment can be massively transformative, and that's the value that we can command. It's not based on our time. Perfectly said. It is not time-based the way that we charge. It is outcome-based, outcome-based every time. So if if you're charging by the hour right now, by this afternoon, have a thought about how you can change that up because we should be charging based on outcomes. Because if I can achieve an outcome in my business by being on the phone to someone for five minutes, as opposed to paying for an hour, which one do I want? I'm super busy. I don't need to be hanging around on the phone for an extra 55 minutes just to have a chat to get my money's worth, you know, if I can get that outcome in a very short amount of time. So I, you know, we we are looking for outcomes and it's about us educating our clients. That is the case too. There's nothing worse than, you know, back in the day, I would have clients, we would, you know, get an outcome very quickly and they'd say, cool, I've still got 45 minutes left. It's just a waste of time. A waste of your time and a waste of their time. And of their time, absolutely. Look, hey, this is how we work, right? This is the value that we're going to provide to your business. And also, I think when you, you know, part of your pricing is understanding what client that you can provide your value to as well. So, you know, the value that Sam, you and I will give to, you know, a business that's turning over a million dollars, you know, a very small increment in the stuff we can do might be worth, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars per client. Mm-hmm. The same, the same leverage on a startup business, right? Who's turning over ten thousand dollars? It's much harder to demonstrate the value when a ten percent increment is only worth a thousand bucks. So, also, I think it's important to think about who you're working with 
and the relative value. You know, if you could get a 10% you know, improvement in um, staff productivity in a company that's 50 million bucks, well, 10% is a really big, you know, influence on that size business. A good friend of mine, Alex Neum, over in uh, California today put up a post which I thought was absolutely genius, actually. He said, Alex Neum, and he said that a Ferrari salesman can sell a Ferrari, but not in a schoolyard. So where are you going to sell your Ferrari? I thought it was just such a good thing, you know. Where are you, where are you selling your, your services? Is it to your ideal client, the person that's got the money, the person that can afford you, the person that really cares about getting the outcome? Or are you just barking up the wrong tree, essentially? Yeah, absolutely. Number two, okay, so knowing the value that your prospect won't have by not working with you, what's number three? Number three, once you've priced your product... You need to be comfortable in what you're asking for. And I know that I sat down with a client, it was only a few months ago, and, and we w- were working through his pricing and he told me what he was going to charge and I said, are you crazy? That's just not enough. And he, he said, I don't feel comfortable asking for more. The prospect will be able to, f- to feel and they'll be able to see that I'm uncomfortable asking for that amount. So this is something that I did back, uh, I remember asking my mentor this exact same question. I knew that I, this is years ago and I knew that I was charging under what the rest of the market was charging, but I had my own things that I had to work through. So I used to sort of look in the mirror and ask for the amount until it, I started to look uncomfortable, you know, until I started to get that weird look and I would ask for that. And then each time I would ask for the money, I would just ask for a little bit more, a little bit more, a little bit more until I got used to asking for the amount that I felt was a reasonable amount for the client to get the outcome. So you're going to have to work through your own stuff, but you need to be comfortable asking for that amount. Yeah. There's a big mistake that I think many people, particularly those who have you know, had a day job working for someone else mm-hmm. before, is that we tend to approach it from a dollar per hour Yes. Sort of thing. Definitely. So if I previously was paid, sort of, you know, $40 an hour, that's where I think I need to price myself at $40 an hour. Um, if I previously made $150,000 a year in the public service, you know, I'm used to X amount of output, you know, equals $150,000. I just fall into that, into that trap. Trap. Big trap. But that's not how we as coaches and consultants can price our time. We've got to, again, coming back to the second point there, Sam, what is the value to the customer? What is the transformation we create in our customer's world? What is the value to them? And, yeah, certainly be aware of what your costs are mm-hmm. because we need to know, A, how much we want to earn um, and, and what our cost of delivery is. But we've got a lot of overheads in our business as well. So if, if I want to make you know $200,000 a year and I want to charge myself out at $40 an hour to do it, well, I've got cost of acquisition. I've got expenses. I've got you know my VA team. I've got... You know, cost of running my internet that all comes out of that and so i think it's it's a big trap for people that are in service-based businesses to think they don't have costs and i'm sure you've heard it before tim i certainly have heard it you know people say oh but it's you know there's no costs there is costs we've got hosting and websites and insurance and apps and software and team members and gst if we're in australia we've got taxes there are so many costs that you need to take into consideration. I, I saw a really good model recently. Um, I can't recall who. It was just one of those things that popped up on my Facebook feed. 
And it sort of said, okay, look, if, if this is a pie, right, so just draw, grab a bit of paper, draw a circle on it as your bit of pie, and that represents uh, the amount of money you make. Um, and it sort of split it up into different segments, right? And 30% of that was what you pay yourself, just 30%. Mm-hmm. Right? So that's your salary. Uh, 25% is what you pay whoever's doing fulfillment in your business. Mm-hmm. Right? So 25 to 30%. Now, ideally what you're doing there is if you've got someone else in your business doing fulfillment, that's what you would ultimately pay them as you grow and scale your business. I think it said sort of 5 to 10% is profit. Mm-hmm. Um, 10% for business overheads and the rest is marketing, right, which is about 20%. That now. sounds 20, yep. That's the cost of bringing people into your world. And yet most people, when they start out their business, they go, uh, well, it's all profit for me. Yes. They think about the number. I want to replace $100,000 of my wage, so I'm going to charge out $100,000 in services and then, and then, you know, wonder after a few months why they're really struggling to live. That's right. So, you know, if we know that our pie is, uh, represents 100% of what we charge and 30% is the bit that I pay myself as my salary and I want to make, you know, $50 an hour over the course of the year, you know, $400 a day, $2,000 a week, $100,000 a year, then I need to charge at least three and a bit times that to my customer. Love it. Yes, there are tangibles there and there's not tangibles. We've got a bit of both sides there. Now, that, come, of course, comes into our, our last one. If you're not comfortable with what you're asking for, there's one thing that stops that, isn't it? There is. There is. And this is a sneaky, sneaky little one that can really, really play havoc in your business. And that's money blocks. And at this point, you're probably noticing if you don't, if you're not making the amount that you want in your business, that you really do need to work on your money blocks. And we all have them. It's just that they're at different levels. What was that? There's only one person at fault this <laughs> Yeah. And, you know, and these are sneaky. These, sometimes people don't even know that they're, they're reaching a limit and that they're self-sabotaging or things that are going wrong in their business. So I thoroughly, thoroughly recommend that you work with someone to work through your money blocks, whether it's a kinesiologist, whether it's a program, whether it's, you know, there's lots of things out there, but I definitely recommend, I actually recommend everyone work through their money blocks because we're all playing at less than we possibly could. Every single one of us, we've all got some sort of upper limit and um, it'd be nice to move that just a little bit higher. Yeah, like I would challenge everyone listening you know, other than sort of thinking about your value-based pricing, it's just increase your prices by 10% right now. But yeah. The customer who, who you have a conversation with, right, write down the amount that you normally would have said, increase that by 10% and see what happens. Actually, I'd love to share. This happened quite a few years ago now. I, I love accountability partners. I've always had one. And at the time, uh, I was on the phone for a Monday call with one of my accountability partners and we were talking about pricing and I was saying about how I was going to get rid of all of my one-on-one coaching and he said, well, you know, what do you charge for it? I said, oh, well, you know, at the moment it's three and a half thousand. And he went, well, instead of charging that and getting rid of it, why don't you put it up to a price that's like really a lot higher so if you don't get it, it doesn't matter. But if you do get it, you're like, oh, okay, well, that's not so bad after all. And I kid you not, that very same day I had someone reach out and I just said, yeah, well, my coaching's 10000 and I had a credit card within 15 minutes. So... It makes you feel pretty amazing, doesn't it? If, I tell you, you get some mojo from that. 
<laughs> crack open some champagne and away you go. Exactly. But that was just me putting a limit on what I thought my coaching was worth. But with the outcomes that I help my clients get, it's such a little amount. Well, again, it comes back to that, what's the value to your customer? Yeah, totally. So a man dying of thirst, a glass of water is priceless. Yeah. Well, look, at that time I was like, I can't charge 10000 I can't charge 10000 It was him that put it out there. He went, just give it a go. So, yeah, I, I love it. I love that you've put that out there, Tim. Give it a go. Put your prices up today. Um, and Just not if I'm about to buy from you. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, have, we'll have the uh, Ask Sam and Tim discount. <laughs> oh, but you know what? If we're all putting up our prices, then it's all relative, right? That's right. Yeah. But, it, but it, is, it, is a, it is a hard thing to do. And particularly when you get to a point where people start saying no, you know, you get that self-confidence sort of you know, knocks to your self-confidence. Chink in your armour. Chink in your armour and go, well, maybe I should put it down again, put it down again, put it down again. But, you know, if you put it out there at the price you want to charge, and have the confidence that you can deliver value at that particular price. If, if there's people who say, no, that's fine. They can go and work with someone else. They were mm. ne- never going to be your customer in the first place. Yes. And they were probably going to not going to value the work that you could otherwise give to them. Absolutely. And I know that uh, I remember someone posted on my LinkedIn just a couple of weeks ago, you know, how do you know what the market can bear? <sighs> I wouldn't worry about that too much. I'd be just thinking, well, where do I have to go to fish in the right market? Because if you're, if you're dealing uh, with corporations that are earning billions of dollars, your $10,000 is, they're going to laugh at it. But for someone that's not, you know, not earning very much and that's a lot of money. So it's just be very careful about where you're going to ask for your money. Is it in the right circles? Yeah. Uh, lesson I learned years ago when I first started doing advertising with my former business, the Riot Act, um, we charged it $100. You, know, you could buy a, a bundle of impressions. This is very early days of digital marketing, mind you, where you could sell a single impression. Wow. I know people didn't know what that really meant back in the day. Yep. Um, you know, we're, we're a lot more comfortable with it now, but we could sell a single impression. So I could say, well, you know, if you want to buy one cent worth of product, you can. It's not going to be very effective. But my customers were so used to paying tens of thousands of dollars for radio or TV advertising. Yes. Thousands of dollars for print advertising that when they looked at my product spec and, and saw that you could buy one cent, they didn't value it at all. Yes. Right? And they thought it wasn't able to create what they want, the transition they wanted to create. So you can underprice yourself. Absolutely. Customers as a result as well. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, so it's a big topic and we've only covered it off very, very briefly. But Let's just recap very quickly then. Um, yeah. Be good at what you do. Absolutely. Need to, you need to have that foundation set. Uh, have the foundation. Be good at what you do. Build up some you know, credibility and expertise if, you need to, if you're starting out. Um, I, I know you sort of mentioned doing it free. I would encourage people to kind of position it as a beta program and say, hey, I'm, just, you know, I'm trying this as a case study. I'd love to get you in. And, and charge for it. You can, you can do that. There's two other ways. I've, yeah, there's two ways I've done this. One, do it as, as a, a beta program. And the second thing I've done is used bigger name influencers to use my products so that I can use them to position my authority. So there, there are different ways to think about using or getting that experience in the market. I love that. Second one was knowing the value that your prospect won't have by working with, like if they don't work with you. Third one. What are they going to sell? 
Absolutely. Third one is being comfortable in what you're asking for. It's all about your delivery and the body language that you're giving across. And then the fourth one is working through your money blocks. Mm, horrible. I'm going to do that today. In fact, I might put my prices up today by 10%. Well, you know, you have to now, don't you? (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. So for anyone that's listening that thinks this all sounds really good, but they would still like a little bit of help in understanding how to price their services and getting clear on that transition, I'd love to jump on a free discovery call with you. So if you'd like some help, just head to samanthariley.global forward slash apply and uh, very would love to jump on a call with you and help you work through some of those challenges that you're having in your business. That's right. And if it's only five minutes, guess what? It's only going to need It's outcome-based. <laughs> Great. Now, of course, we've got a, another awesome show coming up next week. We do, as always. This is the kind of eight must-have tools for your business. Love it which is going to be super fun to find out uh, what sort of things you need to be, you know, taking up your expense bal- expenses in your balance sheet. Totally, because it's, it's a minefield out there. You can get caught down the internet rabbit hole for days trying to figure out what you need. So we're going to make it nice and easy for you. There are so many. There are so many. And, of course, if you're loving the show, which we hope you are, we'd love to get your questions in at hashtag ask Sam and Tim or just send it in to us. Um, we'd love to sort of feature your, com- your comments and, and business on the show as well. Um, if you're on YouTube, love you to subscribe, share. Likewise, on iTunes as well, subscribe, leave some comments. We'd love to hear from you and share it with people who might get value from the conversation we're having. Sam? Absolutely. Share it around. Share the love. Absolutely. Sam, as always, it's been absolute pleasure chatting to you this Thursday. Took the words right out of my mouth, Timbo. <laughs> Looking forward to uh, next week's episode. Awesome. Thanks for listening, everyone. It's been a pleasure hanging out with you here today in the Thought Leaders Business Lab. Do you want to grow and scale your business so you can make an even bigger impact? One of the reasons I've been able to achieve the success I have over the years can be attributed to one simple factor, surrounding myself with like-minded people, people who think big like me, who have a desire for growth, and who understand the challenges we face when growing and scaling a business. That's why I've created a free community, especially for thought leaders and experts just like you, and I'd love you to join us. Just request access to my free Facebook group at Thought Leaders Inner Circle. If you enjoyed today's episode, I would love you to share this on your favorite social account. Just head to samanthariley.global forward slash podcast, click on your favorite episode, and you'll see the buttons right there to share the love. And as this show is new, I would love, love, love you to leave a five-star rating and a review on iTunes. See you next time in the Thought Leaders Business Lab.